Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. Back pain affects almost all of us at some point in our lives, but Barbara Jones' back problems were anything but commonplace. As a teenager, she had rod fusion surgery to address a severe case of scoliosis. Years later, she had back surgery again to address symptoms of degenerative disc disease. But Barbara's back wasn't the only thing hurting her. She had shoulder pain too and tightness throughout her body that led to significantly reduced mobility and exercise. In today's episode, Barbara and her physical therapist, Cecily DiStefano, describe how she overcame those injuries and gained self-confidence and determination along the way. Here now is our conversation with Barbara Jones and Cecily DiStefano. Barbara, your story is a great one, and it's one that is about addressing so many problems, and it's essentially a story of how you kind of overcame some back problems, but when you were seeking physical therapy for a shoulder problem. I want to get to all that, but first, let's do some background. A lot of Americans have back pain. A lot of people have back pain. You had some specific back problems that, that have kind of been part of your whole life. So give me a sense of what you went through in your battles with scoliosis early on and sort of how much your back problems have been part of your life up to now. Well, I had uh, back surgery when I was 15. I had Harrington rod put in to stabilize my spine. I had a pretty significant curve. They were able to correct it, but I still had about a 30% curve. So I made a good recovery. The problems that I experienced in my young adulthood really were not that severe. Some stiffness, some soreness, but that was not a big problem. The problems that started were because you're a little bit twisted. When my right ribs are kind of sloped down and pressing on my right lung a bit, and that over time became a problem because it, it was uncomfortable, it hurt, and also it did have a little effect on my lung expansion. And then I didn't know it at the time because when you have so much fixation, it puts so much stress on the other vertebra. So as a young person, I, I was not into exercise as a young adult. So I really didn't have too much problems other than lifting heavy objects. I couldn't do that. But I went on in my young adulthood to discover exercise and actually be a good runner. But I don't think that that was really the smartest thing because I think over time that didn't help my lower back. So in a sense, you're living this pretty healthy lifestyle at this point. And then when did things start breaking down then additionally for you, and, and what happened there? Well, in my 30s, I got sick a lot. I got um, Anytime I got a cold, it would go into bronchitis. And I really think that that was due to some not strong lungs because of my situation with my ribs, as I explained. And then over time, as I said, I was a runner. It was great. But then over time, in my early 40s, running became painful, just painful. And so I gave that up. I went into cycling, and I did really well until my late 40s. And that's when I really started to experience degenerative disc disease. And I, with that, you know, the space goes away. And first L4-5 went, and that was sitting on my sciatic nerve, and we tried all traditional treatments of steroid shots and physical therapy and all of that. And this was before self-desly. So I went on to get a, a fixation, a decompression infusion on L4-5, and that was 100% successful. I was very fortunate. Went on, it did great, but only for a little while, about eight months later. And I was just getting back to exercise after this 
massive back surgery. And, I mean, things were, you know, I couldn't lift, couldn't bend, couldn't twist, and I was just getting back into that. And that's when I did a push-up, and my uh, right rotator cuff just tore. And that's because I was twisted for 50 years and too much stress on my right rotator cuff and not enough on my left when doing this push-up. So it tore. It made this horrible noise. <laughs> it was just frightening. And that's what led me to Cecily. And I stayed with her. We got my shoulder back together. And then, you know, my shoulder's great, but right about then is when the degenerative disc disease really hit me and I lost space between L3-4 and L5-S1 and the discs were just collapsing on one another. But as long as they're not collapsing on a nerve, they're kind of straight, it's not worth it to have surgery because you can't have a good outcome and you don't know that. And that's when I first started to see Cecily for the back because I was already seeing her for the shoulder and then I came in and I just came in crying and just said I, I hurt so much I could just cry for back pain. And that's when she really started to work on me as a whole unit the back, the ribs. One of the big things she did for me is we worked hard to open up my rib cage and get that rib off that lung, full lung expansion, which has really helped. And so we, we worked very hard on that. But the problem, you know, as you said, it was just compounded by multiple things. So we get the shoulder fixed and we're working on the back and we're working on getting my ribs to open. And by this time, my muscles are just so contracted in my legs and my quads and IT bands were causing severe pain. I mean, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't walk. It was miserable. And we worked really hard on getting your muscles long to support your torso. That's where she did that lovely dry trigger point kneeling that I described and getting the knots out of my muscles. After we got through the, the acute part of all of that, that's when she and I got together and I, we made this this plan, sort of physical therapy plan that I called zombie PT, and that was because I was so tired I was a zombie, I swear. <laughs> I mean, it was a program that we kind of developed of very, very deep stretching, very deep stretching, and like to the point of tears, but continuously deep stretching, massage therapy helped, and I still had to do the cardio because once I've got my lung working and my ribs open, I'm not going to go backwards, and then hot yoga, and it was just all of this together and I know we do my stretches every single day and rub the foam roller. I can even remember zombie day number 32. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed my quads weren't screaming in pain. They were better. And then about zombie day 60-something, I was on my bike. So, Cecily, this is a good time to bring you in and listening to everything Barbara's just described. There are a lot of things that, that are jumping out there. And the first one I want to point out, initially the treatment was for rotator cuff, and then after that it, it started to be sort of a more full-body approach. What did you think when you first looked at Barbara? She had a history of back problems. She, she had a recent back problem with degenerative disc disease. She had rods in her back. She had all these other things. I mean, frankly, she sounds like a mess. I mean, was, what, what was your first impression of what the task at hand was? Well, Barbara came in, and she is obviously a delightful lady with just a wonderful spirit for being active her whole life, and she really was anxious to get back into what she was doing. And initially, you know, we did focus on her shoulder, but I think from from the get-go, looking at her as a holistic approach, looking at her as a whole person and addressing, we sort of went top down. We did a lot of mobility screening with her, and I think, as she pointed out, her biggest thing was just stiffness overall. We had to deal with her acute rotator cuff problem, but in general, the stiffness 
throughout her whole body because she had the internal fixation that was sort of limiting her mobility, but yet she had so much else that was working for her that she wasn't able to use. And so we wanted to get her access to that so she could improve her life and get back to doing the activities that she loved. You know, but we definitely realized it was going to be a process of sort of dealing with the acute issue and, and then looking at her more globally so that she could get back to those goals and also just setting some goals. And if you look at a lot of people who've had these fixations, they do start to break down, usually with the hardware at 15, 16 to 20 years, and their quality of life goes down. But it doesn't have to be that way. And Barbara is a wonderful example of how it doesn't have to be that way. You can meet your goals. You know, one of the things she highlighted was of the various places she had pain was in her legs. And yet, those weren't necessarily injured, quote-unquote. Explain a little bit why that would happen, why she'd have such severe pain in her leg, and kind of how you went about attacking that. Essentially, she wasn't utilizing her legs while she was so stiff. Her biomechanics were impacted. She has a lot of inhibition also because of the pain that she had dealt with for so long. So we needed to change the input and change the output going to and from her spine as well as getting her muscles functioning better. And she pointed out really nicely how her cardiovascular system is a part of that and her respiratory system or lung expansion and her endurance were important because if you're not getting the blood pumping and you're not getting that to your legs and you're not able to move and get elasticity in your muscles and move properly, her biomechanics again were impacted and she wasn't optimal in her motion. And so we wanted to really look at that and optimize her movement so that she could be more efficient and utilize her, her muscles a lot more efficiently. So that's a really good point. I mean, the surgery was in her back and obviously she had shoulder problems, but she was having symptoms in her legs. And so that's where the dry needling, the trigger point dry needling was really effective for her in helping helping her regain access to those muscles that she had previously not even been able to use. And so a quick description for someone who doesn't know, I mean, what is dry needling exactly and, and kind of how did you use it in, in her case and what's it designed to do? So dry needling is basically a microfilament needle that we use to sort of reset the muscle, if you will. But if you look at Jay Shaw's research out of NIH, it has even a much more global response because the chemistry in your body has changed when you insert something like a needle. And so instead of a lot of the inflammatory chemicals that maybe you were getting before, your body sort of has a transformation and, and your system starts utilizing some better chemicals to allow your muscles to function more efficiently. So you get a whole neuromuscular, neuromuscular, motor response from utilizing needles. And as I pointed out, the research out of NIH is really looking good. There was a study released earlier this year, in fact, uh, showing the benefits of dry needling. And so I think we're going to be seeing more of that in the future. And it's an area where physical therapy has utilized this innovative technology to help people like Barbara, you know, optimize their movement and regain their life. One of the other words she used a lot was stretching, and that's something that's commonly associated with physical therapy, but I think sometimes people think of it as just sort of casual stretching, and in Barbara's case, it certainly doesn't sound like that. How intense was the stretching, and why was it so important, and for what issues? So basically, in Barbara's case, we wanted to follow up with more things that she could do at home so that she could continue to move forward. And the stretching itself was very direct, specific in her case, because we wanted to, you know, again, with her spine being fixed, we wanted to isolate the muscles that really needed to be addressed. And she had a terrible time accessing her head flexors. And as she pointed out, she would say her IT band, but even just her vastus lateralis and, and all of her quad muscles, as well as her head flexors, so as another muscle, she was having a lot of trouble accessing 
embracing them and the stretching that she does really helped her stay in touch with her flexibility so that she doesn't get that stiffness again. And and it's just been a game changer, I think, for her, especially because once she got on the bike, she also, you know, she needed the cardiovascular exercise. She really enjoys the bike, but that would tighten her up as well. And so she needs to maintain the flexibility before she can get the stability because she, she needed to have full motion, at least what she could have access to in her full motion. So then she, she would be able to stabilize and utilize the muscles throughout her full range that she had access to. So, Barbara, the question I was going to ask you is, if dry needling is uncomfortable, then how does it compare to the stretching that you did? Well, the dry needling is, is unpleasant, but it only hurts for a second, and then it goes away that it hurts. So I, I, would say, I would say about the same because the needle really, really hurts because your muscles, in my case, my muscles were so contracted that it was just causing such pain, and she had to do that. I felt like all the physical therapy in the world wasn't going to loosen them up until we did something radical, so we did that. The stretching, I think, is as painful because not in intensity per se, but you just can't stretch. You've got to hold that muscle, and I would time it. So I have a I have a little stopwatch, and when I do my stretches, you just don't stretch per se. You know, you time it, and, and as you get deeper into the stretch, you stretch more and more and more. So the ones on my quads and my hip flexors, I hold for two minutes. So about a minute into the stretch, I purposely go deeper, and it hurts. All you can say is it, it hurts. Um, that's why all people aren't athletes. And so, Cecily, the, the follow-up I wanted to then ask based on that is, again, we, we already noted all the compounding problems that Barbara had, but what she was facing in terms of, you know, the, the discomfort of dry needling, the discomfort of stretching, is that fairly typical of, of what you see in other patients with similar symptoms? And then along those lines, how much of your job is getting the buy-in from the patient to be able to go there, to be able to do it, and not only do it in front of you in the clinic, but be willing to take it home and go to the lengths that Barbara did to pull out the stopwatch and make sure she really commit to her home exercise? Plan. Well, I think it kind of goes back to our vision, which APTA just did a new vision, and it revolves around transforming society and optimizing movement and improving the human experience. But in order to be able to do that, you need to understand what each person's goals for their human experience are. And each person's experience is really quite unique. You know, we haven't really looked at a thousand people that look just like Barbara. Her situation is somewhat complex and somewhat unique to her, and her goals are very specific to her. So I think you have to understand what the research says about people who have had Harrington rods placed in in the teenage years, but then also you have to understand the specifics of Barbara herself and also her goals, and then we can better address, okay, what's going to work for her? You know, not everybody's going to need to hold their stretch for two minutes, but not everybody's going to have the goals that Barbara has and be able to achieve the things that she wants to achieve. Other people are going to have different goals and want to achieve different things, and so I think it sort of needs to be very specifically tailored to the patient and the patient's goals and the patient's needs with some clinical reasoning and understanding about what the research does show and then integrating those things into a specific plan. And the zombie PT program that we came up for Barbara was just perfect for her. And while it definitely is a very, you know, and sometimes painful, as she said, it's a rigorous program, it's also been one that I think has really helped her get to where she wants to go. Barbara, what did you really think was realistic? I mean, you mentioned that you felt something radical would need to be done to sort of really make any noticeable progress at all. What progress, when you started working with Cecily, what did you think was possible? Well, I will tell you I was very, very upset because I wasn't sure what was possible in my condition, and it was very, very upset and 
sad that I thought I would have to give up biking and hiking and all the things that I like to do. And Cecily was absolutely affirmative that I'm going to get back to do that, that she instilled it in me that I was going to get that 100% recovery, 100% for me, not for the average person, but for me. I want to get back. And when I would get kind of sad that it's not happening as quickly as I want it, she would say, well, you know, what is your hurry here? But really when I went in, my belief was that I would get some recovery and I could function normally and I could go to work and do other things. But I wasn't sure that I would be able to get this this level of fitness to go biking and I had to give up hot yoga, which was really hard on me because I just love it because it is so, so good for me. You know, your muscles get hot and then you can really stretch. But she was quite quite determined that we were going to get me there and as time went on I really began to gain confidence that I could do that because once you get into the point where you can get even just a little improvement here and there and here and there that's the motivation well that was my motivation oh I couldn't do that two weeks ago look what I could do now and that's what really changed my thinking is just taking assessment of these these small changes it was obvious how much those breakthroughs meant by the fact that you can even remember, for example, what happened on day 32. But describe that a little bit more when you're going through this process, when you've had so much pain, so much discomfort, so many obstacles, when you finally sort of got past those plateaus and, and reached something new, what, what did that mean to you emotionally? Everything. It meant everything because emotionally it was so hard and during the intensity of this whole little zombie TP program you know I had physical therapy appointments and then I had to stretch and then I got massages then I would hot yoga then I have to go to the gym to keep my lungs open and I got to the point where I went to the wrong place at the wrong time and showed up for Cecily appointments when she wasn't even working that day and it was just so overwhelming so to get to the point to answer your question to get to the point where you're past that was joyous Cecily, I miss you dearly, but <laughs> but that I don't have to go to all these appointments all the time and I don't have to shell out all this copay and, and worry about insurance and this and that. I mean, it, it was such relief and joy. And then going on to accomplish something really, really huge. Last year I did Bike Virginia, which was really significant to me as well as to my family. And the first thing I did when I got back was leave Cecily a voicemail because we did a really intense day of mountain climbing and I did not get off my bike did not I was determined I was going to die before I would get off and all these young people are ditching their bikes and walking it up this huge mountain it was a, a mountain of two and a half miles and 2,500 feet elevation change was straight up and I got to the top and I got off my bike and I just was in tears I was so amazed at me you know me with enough metal in my spine to make make a car and I can do this and other people are giving up that are perfectly healthy I don't want to take a chance and make assumptions, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, I, I can imagine someone listening to your story and thinking, like, well, man, that sounds like a lot of work, and I'd rather have a quick fix. Even a quick fix means some new surgery or, you know, some new drug or, or something like that, something where I don't need to put in so much effort as, as you clearly put in. But did you, through the process of just the physical therapy itself, did you learn something about yourself along the way, some determination that, in addition to being physically capable of staying on the bike, allowed you to realize that you could fight your way up and sort to persevere when things hurt? Yes, 
Absolutely. I really found it in myself to pull that out and persevere, even when it was extremely difficult. And there's lots of times when I would be in front of Cecily and I would just cry because I just couldn't take it anymore. I had pain and the, and the overwhelming feeling, and you just kind of you kind of embrace that. You kind of say, okay, I'm going to be overwhelmed, and I'm going to cry, and I'm going to do it for 10 minutes, and then I'm going to get back on my life and move on. And that's kind of how I handled it. And, yes, I did find a lot in myself that I could go on. And once I got up that mountain, I call myself a warrior. So I'm zombie warrior. And I even bought myself a pendant of a little shield, like a warrior shield that I wear around my neck. And when I have low moments, I kind of pat that as I'm doing right now, this pendant, because it means I'm, I'm, I, I can do it. I have done it. I've done it in the past, so I know I can do it again. Cecily, you obviously see stuff like this all the time, but how much does it mean to you as the physical therapist to watch somebody go through that experience from not only thinking they can't, but physically they can't, being prohibited to do the things they love to do and then see them have a success like that? What, how does that make you feel? I can't even express the joy. Helping people reach their goals and watching her, you know, when she contacted me immediately after the race, I was so elated that we had gotten to that point because it had been such a, a great process to get to that point. It had, it had taken quite a bit of time and energy, and, and she had really worked so hard. And just to see her reach her goals and, and surpass the goals that she thought she could even reach, it's quite joyful and we have a high job satisfaction and it's moments like that that really you know that really show it so barbara the bike that you did a year ago you did over 300 miles in six days that obviously gives some sense of where you are you also indicated that you don't need to see cecily all the time anymore which is terrific but just to sort of put it in a nutshell how do you feel today how much pain are you in are you able to sleep through the night how are you feeling I am able to sleep through the night. Now, I won't, I'll be honest, I'm not in pain. It's rare that I'm in pain, but I have discomfort. That's just the way it is. I have degenerative disease, and that, that causes arthritis in your spine. So I have discomfort. I mean, I, when I get out of bed in the morning, I'm, I'm stiff, and that's just what it is. And I do have daily stiffness, and I do have daily muscle ache, but they're manageable. That's the whole thing. I can manage it, so I can take care of it. I, through the zombie program, through my stretches, hot yoga, you can manage it. You can make it better so it's not nearly as noticeable. So that's my daily life as far as what kind of pain I'm in. And a lot of it depends on, on me. A lot of it depends on, did I cut my stretches short yesterday? If I do, then I really, my, my quads will cramp up. And did I do my core work? I, that's really important. Right now, I'm in something I'm doing right now, which a little group of friends and I, did this on the internet, a plank challenge, you know, to strengthen your core. And every day you build up, you hold your plank longer and longer with a goal of holding a plank for five minutes, which is, you might think, impossible. And I'm up to four, four minutes, 15 seconds times two. I can hold a beautiful uh, forearm plank. And my core is so strong. And that's the kind of thing. Depends on how hard I work on a daily, practically a daily basis is how fit I am. The more I work out, the more I strengthen, the more I stretch the less discomfort. So especially if somebody listens to Barbara's story, whether their problem is back pain, whether they had shoulder pain, whether they have tight quads, whatever it is, what's the takeaway here? What should that person learn and, and take from this? Just coming in to see physical therapists, coming with your goals in mind, what you want to do, and you can achieve your goals. You are tough enough, and you're able to achieve the goals that you set out for yourself. You know, journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step, so it's a matter of coming in and getting it done. And I, I would love for Barbara to talk about what she's doing now, what she's about to do a little bit. I'm, I'm pretty excited about what she has coming up, and I think other people can achieve things like this if it's something they want to do. 
through the physical therapist, and then we're an entry point into the healthcare system, so Barbara knows that I'm here for her, and if she needs something, she'll call me. So, Barbara, what's next? Well, one thing I didn't mention was that when you asked me in my daily life, another big thing is don't be afraid of a setback. I'm going to have a flare from time to time. I'm going to have an injury. I'm going to have a day where the stiffness is too much for me to really do what I want to do. So that's another thing Cecily really kind of helped me learn and accept is that you may have a setback, but that doesn't mean it's over. But what's next for me, uh, to answer your question, is my Virginia starts on Friday for this year. And now it's not going to be as hard as last year. Last year it was in the Roanoke Mountains, so it was very, very challenging. And there were days last year where I thought, why am I doing this? Since I get off this bike, I'm going home. And <laughs> <laughs> but then you get off the bike and you're fine. So uh, it, it's every year in Virginia. They pick a different spot every year. And this year is Richmond to Williamsburg and back. So I'll leave Friday. And then every day you can pick how much you want to do. But I shoot for right around 50, sometimes 60-ish per day for the following five days. And it's it's a wonderful thing because it's not just if you hear me talk about it, you might think it's like a ride of death. But they have rest stops. They have lunch stops. And, they're all, and they have Muse at the lunch stop and all the townspeople that try to outdo each other in the little towns you go through on which town has the best rest stop. So it's really, really a lot of fun. And, and you take long breaks for lunch or whatever. And you take breaks to view the scenery because it's always somewhere historic. And when, when you finish the day, you know, when you're on your bike and your rear end is really hurting and you're tired and hot and sweaty, you think, this is so stupid. And then at the end of the day, you're off your bike. You have an endorphin rush. You're elated and you're anxious for the next day. Well, it's an incredible transformation, and this year you definitely know you can do it because you did it last year. Barbara Jones, thanks for telling your story, and Cecily Stefano, thanks for helping her get better. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. If you enjoyed this episode of Move Forward Radio, you can find other podcasts and patient stories at moveforwardpt.com. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Move Forward PT, and rate our podcast on iTunes. I'm Jason Bellamy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com radio.